Hey guys, this is Kurt. And Logan. And we're here to talk about Battle Bards. I thought we were here to talk about how you're a terrible father. Pimping out your son. What? 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 Nothing. <laughs> okay. No, Battle Bards is great fantasy audio. I want to know that. Only things I care about are cartoons, balloons, Star Wars, candy, old people's smiles, <laughs> dogs, Pokemon, video games, fireflies. Do you even know what those are? Existentialist paintings. How do you even know how to say that? The sound of forts, <laughs> ninjas, and electronics. Okay, that's a lot to process. Farts? Really? Oh, but check this out. Lord Ardok is a wooden fortique symbol. Bida octo mon farste outwis mon kasabu haudon fu chi tang gali asparos. Ooh, scary! And this. Ooh, impressive. You can't deny this, though. Noal na o lapireta ikarino ilasa zorge, lapilasa do lape turbs benas. Okay, that's very cool. Okay, Logan. So how much would you pay for that awesome audio? Thirteen point two pesos. There's no such thing as point two pesos. Fifteen hundred yen. Five hundred pinks. Republic credits. That's not even real. That's Star Wars, Logan. Well, let me tell you. You go to battlebars.com. You sign up for an account. And not only do you get that premium auto, but you can get a little something from us also. With the 10 and $25 packages, you get one free track with MFGCast1 as your coupon code. Buy a $50 or $100 package and get five free tracks with the code MFGCast2. That's a half of an album for free just for using that coupon code. Could it be any easier? Buy the $150 and $300 packages. Not only do you get most of Battle Bards fantasy audio, soundscapes, music, sound effects, etc., but you also get 10 free tracks with coupon code MFGCast3. A full album for free for using a coupon code from us. You're welcome. I'll just buy that great audio right now. Wait, but you have to you have to ask your parents permission before you buy. This is the MFG cast. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, as you may remember, Kurt has been currently abducted, so he has left the show in my fairly incom incompetent hands. I can't even talk about that part. But to make things a little better, I decided to recruit a couple of buddies to help make the show go a little bit smoother in our long-lost buddy's absence. So today, I got two friends who are... And this is where Mike. you say your names. <laughs> I'm Julianne. I'm Mike. 
Alright, and there will be uh, today's temporary MFG cast members. If they pass the test, you know, one of them will be able to be on the show permanently, the other will have to be put into a shallow grave. But to find out who gets to live and die... <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I've seen you guys play games together. Your chances aren't good, Mike. <laughs> it's true. But I figure this. Uh, let's let everyone get an idea of a little bit of your backgrounds. Like, So how long have you guys been into tabletop? About a year and a half, like more heavily, that we've I've gotten into it. Um, thanks to Mike, um, been playing like we kind of started with like party games, like One Night Ultimate Werewolf, and we kind of just started like light games and got into um, things like Alchemist and um, Betrayal of House on the Hill, which uh, is a lot of fun. And just kind of started branching out from there. We're still, at least I'm still kind of finding different things to play and trying different games. I'm always open to trying something new. And I played, uh, like I played D&D in college and uh, a little bit in high school as well. And probably heavy, most heavily in like the past two, two and a half years has been like the heavy, like straight up board games. That's I would definitely say. Yeah, I, I gotta admit, uh, the the thing that's pretty impressive with uh, with Julia is the fact that it went from like werewolf to alchemist. That's usually <laughs> there's usually a few games in between. Yeah, well, I'm sure there were yeah. a few, but <laughs> you know, like Bachikoro was the, in there, and that was a lot of fun. Although, wait, did I try that? We played alchemist before Machi before you played Machikoro. <laughs> yeah. Before you got your copy, we had alchemists first. Yeah. <laughs> And we jumped into that one. <laughs> if, if I remember right, I think you uh, didn't you win that in an extra life event that we had or something. I did. I did. I it was my my first one. I was just <laughs> like, oh, I'll just put it in for this game. It looks kind of cool. I have no idea what it is. Win it. Spend the next two hours just going. What? <laughs> I I still remember uh, seeing your post about. I don't know what I'm gonna do with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. It was right. so confusing, but good. So, uh, so you guys have never been to like a Gen Con or uh, Origins or anything like that yet, no. but you guys did get to check out one of the local cons, which was known as DexCon Twenty. Uh, DexCon is part of Double Exposure Program, uh, and we got this is our second time going to one of their events, and we love this thing, and uh, that's why today's topic is like the local con. You know, everyone always talks about Gen Con. They're like, oh, what's going to come out this year? I can't wait to see these, the demos of this and what games get released and Origins. Like, oh, there's going to be like, you know, 30,000 things there. Those things are cool, but you want to go to Gen Con, you got to have pretty deep pockets. You know, you're looking at like a grand between your flight, your tickets, your hotel room, paying for outrageously overpriced foods. Like, you know, uh, if you're in a rush or whatever. Local cons, though, are pretty awesome because you actually get to relax and enjoy time and you're not crushed by other people and there is places to spend the night within five miles of the con. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> so, the nice thing about being local is you can drive. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like there's a lot more of these local cons popping up too. You know, it's like uh, I remember a few years ago somebody started up what he called D4Con. You know, and he was like, well, I'm going for, like, you know, the simplest, the D4, because it's my first time trying to run this. And it was a con of, like, I think only about 70 people his first time. 
But that's still pretty impressive for, like, one dude to do on his own, like, to get the space, to organize, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, and the fact that Double Exposure has been doing this for, like, 20 years is really awesome. Uh, now, the thing that's pretty pretty cool about Dexcon is it's not just board games. It's video games and RPGs and LARPing and even more. It's, like, any type of gaming you can do, it's there. And it's also non-stop. This thing does not shut down. Like, if you want to play a game at 3.30 in the morning, there is somebody that will play that game. Most likely, yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I still remember when we were walking out of one of the rooms at, like, 1.30 in the morning, and there's, like, 50 people in a circle doing Ultimate Werewolf. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> and there was everything going on at 3 a.m. I think on the last night, there was... I forget what they were playing, but there were at least six or seven tables full with people playing games. Yeah, I mean, that that was, like, one of my favorite things about it. So, uh, since this is, a, you know, your first time of, like, a board gaming con, plus the fact that it was a local, like, what was some of the highlights to you? Like, what things were your favorite parts of, like, Texcon so far? I liked all the different games that I hadn't heard of before, and that it was easy enough to get onto these games, or at least sit in, or even just watch um, what was going on to expose myself uh, to different games that I might like to try later or um, potentially add to my collection. Yeah, like um, like when Mike even mentioned the game The Village Crone, mm-hmm. you know, we were like, that was something I remember hearing about years ago, and it was really awesome to be able to, like, you know, that scope of the board games that were being played. You know, everything from, like, Ticket to Ride in Puerto Rico, like, games from, like, 10, 15 years ago, to, you know, thing like, Werewords, which wasn't even out yet. Right. Oh, that was so good. Cannot wait to get that one. <laughs> yes, looking to get my hands on that. Um, it, was, it was also nice just to, like, look, looking at the list for the first time going, like, I've heard of this game. Let me sign up for this, because I want to try it. Yeah. It, it was... It was because the only other like convention I've been to was Magfest, and they have a very small board game section, and it's pretty much like bring your own stuff. We have some stuff you can rent out. There's maybe like a magic tournament, or like maybe like a Catan tournament, and that's pretty much it. And there's nothing like scheduled beyond that. We're like going to this, and it's like, ooh, I can like plan out my entire weekend ahead of time, which is fantastic. And we did not have a Google Doc that did that. <laughs> We did oh, not. not at all. <laughs> no. Um. The the fact that uh oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was gonna say the fact that when oh, you yeah. pre-register with Dexcon that they give you a printout like oh yeah here's everything that you scheduled yourself for so far. I'm like oh thank you for this because I totally forgot. <laughs> that was an amazing thing. The only thing that would have been like even better like I have a friend who also came later. She didn't pre-register. Um, is they don't have any blank one of the schedules that would have been the only thing that would have been nice for her but you know it's a little thing she can kind of manage uh, like if she wants to make a google doc for herself but it's not the end of the world it's just like oh that would have been if if that's our biggest complaint i think they did a good job yeah right (laughs) so uh so let's just go with uh the arbitrary number of three if you had to pick like three games that you thought were awesome that you got to like you may not have even heard of but you got to check out a little at uh, Dexcom. What would you say they were? Um, um, definitely really liked Werewords. That'd be number one pick um, as far as games I need to get. Um, 
there's a new game called Affliction that came out. I believe you did a podcast already on that one. And um, I really did like the Village Crown. It was definitely um, something I'd like to look into again um, before purchasing, but I would definitely want to try it again. Possibly with turns taking less than half an hour each? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, for me, uh, definitely... I, I was I had played it before on Tabletop Sim, but it was very nice to actually get to play Formula D. Um, I wish the turns didn't take so long, but actually getting to play it and realizing how much more of a resource management game than I thought it was was fantastic. Um, Dark Moon, Dark Moon was fantastic. Yeah, that game. I I really want to play it again. Um, I, I I feel like it's kind of game that I could get people who are not into hidden role games into because it has more of a mechanic than like it's hard for people to grasp like Ultimate Werewolf whereas like Dark Moon I think is a little easier because it has the mechanic yeah like I'm sorry I was gonna say like the one thing that is really good with Dark Moon is that it's very easy for good people to seem like they're the bad guy and the bad people to slip in good maneuvers. Because a lot of hidden role games, it's usually very overt when you work against the team. But this game, it has a, a clever mechanic with those dice. The dice being so stacked against you to kind of sneak your way in, like pretending you're uh, one of the good people, you know? Yeah, and then... Probably, what was the third thing I like loved... Two rooms and a boom. Was okay. <laughs> I did like two rooms and a boom. Although I, I would like to play it more to say like I love it. Um, I actually really did like the game we played. Uh, was it Not Alone? Yes. That what for like what was it like a fifteen twenty dollar game? It's it's yeah it's like around like I think like twenty five but 20, still okay twenty five. It I could see it being one of those games I could pick up. Like Love Letter is one of those games for me that's so. It's, it's such value because I've played it so many times and it's 10 bucks that if you like measured out how many hours I played it versus like basically oh god I don't even explain this it's, it's like, like 7 cents an hour for gaming yeah happiness. <laughs> basically yeah for, for you know something like that exactly nice um, to play, especially like if you're at a restaurant uh, like a diner or something food is taking a little longer or you kind of are trying to break the ice with people. Yeah. It's one of those kind of good games that you four player just easy to start and quick to finish. Definitely. By the way, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the Love Letter Deluxe. Seen it, haven't picked it up yet. If I remember right, I think it actually can go up to 6 now or something like that. Mm. Yeah, something like that. And I know they have like um, alternate like a uh, Instead of the Countess, you can have the Dowager Queen, and then there's, like, other alternate roles, which just adds replayability for me. So, it's yeah. it's a pickup, it's just when is it a pickup. Yeah, I, I gotta know it. It's, the one thing I love is that um, Lost Legacy was based off of the Love Letter mechanic and the same style of design, and then they just made, like, so many different Lost Legacy sets that they started making it where you can combine them to play up to six players, and then I love that Love Letter goes off of Lost Legacy, which went off of Love Letter, 
as like this. <laughs> yeah. Self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Yeah, if you can make two really good games that are similar, you can keep releasing things based off of the previous thing and just double your profits, I think. You know? There you, there you go. Well, they're both made by AEG, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so one thing uh, I do actually want to talk a little bit about that Not Alone game, because that thing was really, really fun. Um, it's basically the, as my friend phrased it, it's the 1vx method, where it's one versus every other player at the table, where one person is the alien, and the rest of the players are all the hunted. So anytime that's your team name, you know you're already in a good place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> It's, it's just, like, a really interesting co-op, though, because basically it starts out where you only have, like, a deck of, like, five locations, and that's where you want to go. Like, your deck is your hand, basically. So everyone's going to select where they want to go, and then the alien decides where he's going. And if the alien shows up where you are, everyone's going to, like, take a wound. You have, like, three little life markers. And when you take a wound, you know, you're down, three wounds, and you get eliminated, and then rezzed, basically... And the whole thing is about like trying to outlast one another. Every time the alien finds somebody, he's advancing on his track. When the alien takes somebody out, he's advancing on his track. The players, like the rest of the team, the hunted, can advance on the track at the end of every turn. Like Their rescue ship gets a little closer, and they can also go to locations to help out. But there's all these little variables. Like Every player gets like a bonus survivor card that lets them cheat the system somehow. The alien has tons of cards that let him cheat the system. Oh, gosh. Clone. <laughs> Clone. <laughs> no. Static fields, the stasis. There's so many good cards. And what's really fun, though, is that uh, nothing is duplicates. Like, every survivor card is unique. Every alien card is unique. So, And, 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 I was gonna say, and the best part is the fact that we played it a couple times, and we still know the names of those cards which just shows how impactful they were in the game. Yeah. Which is just huge. And and it's great. Almost like Love Letter, everything is super basic. It's like the beach. If you go here, either put a token on it, or if there's a token on it, take the token off and advance your ship counter. This can only happen once per turn. It's like a Love Letter card. There's no complicated, yeah. there's no like, oh, well, if it's on turn 1, 3, or 9, you do this, but on turns 4, 6, and 10, the alien actually gets to do, like, none of that. You know, yeah. every, mm -hmm. you don't have to sit there and explain every card. Like when I'm teaching my friends love letter, it's like, okay, this is how you get eliminated. This is how you win. The guard, the guard is a problem. The prince can be a problem. The baron can be a problem. Everything else you can pretty much figure out on your own. Yeah, it, it, it's it's you don't. There's not a lot of teaching to it. You can pretty much just jump in. And what's kind of cool is it's like it actually kind of feels like a little thematic. Like the beach, you can see it where it's like. You know, you're writing out messages in the sands, like, you know, or something like, we need rescue, or, like, doing, like, you know, fires to hope to be visible, you know, and it's like, like you know, maybe today's not a lucky day, but the next day they do catch a signal of you guys. Um, right. The rover, rover lets you pick up other cards, so now you can go to five other locations, but, you know, again, like, the alien is, like, usually gonna, like, that's gonna be a hard spot to secure, because the alien's gonna try to cut you off. The other interesting mechanic in this game is that all players, whenever you play a card, it's gone from your hand permanently until you get to bring them back. Which some of the cards do allow you to do. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, like this, like, um, 
the swamp will let you actually bring back it and two other cards. The jungle brings back it and one other card. Uh, the lair lets you bring back every card but the lair. And, uh, but the lair is one of my favorites because it's dual purpose. Since it's the alien's home, if you go there successfully, you could instead do whatever the alien is at. Like It's kind of like you're like controlling the alien to do your bidding. But if the alien catches you in his lair, he's really pissed off that you broke into his home, so you take two hits instead of just one. <laughs> it's it's so simple. I love the fact that it's just so simple. And uh, and we were also super fortunate because the first time we played, our uh, the guy running the game for us was uh, by the way a huge shout out to Jeff Maybelline for showing us this game. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I absolutely loved how he was like. Um, okay, so since you're on my planet and you guys are very different, I have always heard about these vehicles and I am fascinated by how you operate them. So I'm going to go check out your rover and I hope to meet you there. And of course, like first turn, like somebody played the rover and he's like, he's like, I'm so glad you got to show me this advance. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he was evil and I approve very highly. Uh, it was, it was fantastic. But I mean, that's another one of those things that's great too. And like. I noticed it more at, again, like at a con like this, as opposed to like uh, PAX and some of the other areas where it's like, I felt like anytime somebody was like showing you one of their games, they were going balls out with thematics, even though like he didn't work for Stronghold or anything. That was just a game he owned, yeah. you know, because like when it's a vendor, of course, they're going to like try to make it as immersive as possible. They want you to buy stuff. But yeah. when you meet other gamers that are making it immersive, that's super fun. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, again, like so good. like in our Dark Moon game, like there was two buddies that were just hilarious watching them interact with each other. You know, and it's like it is great because I kept looking over at Mike and I'm like, you know, now I don't have to worry so much like when we do our stupid little antics, because apparently we're not the only ones. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> how 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 often did we target each other in Good Cop Bad Cop? <laughs> every round. Uh, yeah. Every round. I like that. Switch my card. Why? Because I want to be on your side. <laughs> well, which side are you on? Yeah. Not yours currently. Yeah. Well, I also like the pointing a gun at you. It's like, dude, you have to turn me, otherwise I have to shoot you. So do something. <laughs> Make me corrupt, otherwise I'll kill you in cold blood. One of the few games that let you say that sentence. <laughs> but uh, so we mentioned two rooms in a uh, two bo- two rooms in a boom. There we go. That's the name of it. Uh, before that's another one of those games it's kind of weird like that game came like came out everyone talked about it for about a month and then i have not heard it mentioned ever since then and we actually got to see it at the con which is another thing that's usually really cool about these it's not just the thing that came out like within the last five weeks right it's it's interesting i just feel like it's another one of those games like werewolf where it's it's a you know werewolf tombs in a boom um to some extent captain sonar where it's just one of those games where you need like i can't see playing uh two rooms in a boom with like less than like 12 people it's just one of those games that just needs a crab load of people you need a big enough space because you physically need two quote-unquote rooms to play the game it's like well where am i going to get that many people so are you saying that the uh, two rooms in a boom, the dual version that I'm working on, probably won't pan out too well? <laughs> Not quite sure. 
So far, it's just two cards. One of them is the president card, and the other is the bomber. And if you turn over the bomber, you win. That's I, I don't have too much in the way of mechanics yet, but I think it's a pretty good foundation. Um, uh, I mean, it might work. <laughs> All right. In theory. Hey, if there's win, lose, or banana, maybe this game could be the next thing. Oh, know? God. Now with, now with 50% oh, fewer cards. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, it's, it's like... Uh, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? No, 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 I was just just gonna say like I, I just despite that I really like it. it. It doesn't have a big price tag, which is nice, and I I feel like if you get the right group to play it, it could be absolutely fantastic. And from what it, the cards I did see, there's enough variety to keep it interesting. Yeah, which it, I like. I do like uh, the variables where it's like you know you're. Uh... The fact that you can change up what's in the game every time, like even if you had twenty people playing, you can have a lot of roles changing every game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really liked about um, One Night Ultimate Alien is you are you may still be playing with the same cards, although there are different ones that you can add it to it. But they added a new mechanic where there's a ripple in time, and so everything changes every round. So you could have a repeat on the night phase everybody with an even number has to turn around um mm. you only get a minute to figure out who the aliens are it it makes for unplayability now i was gonna say because you have like almost all do you have all of the one night games we have all yes. of the base sets we don't have any of the bonus the quote-unquote bonus packs which are like three cards it's usually like three new cards and then three like unique arts um, so we're missing maybe like nine of the cards. Yeah, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, you're pretty yeah. much covered. You got like about eighty rolls. Yeah. yeah, basically, we have almost everything. Um, and and that's been one of our favorite games too, just because it's we we had one group of friends who just they they went nuts for it right off the bat. Like the, the one summer, it was just every every other night. Mike, when are we playing werewolf? When are we playing werewolf? Like come over as soon as you can we want to play werewolf tonight and we'd sit there and we would play it for for hours and we wouldn't get bored either we would just keep playing it because it was we would just if we got bored we changed up the cards just to clarify it's we were playing one night ultimate werewolf not, yeah one night yeah, yeah. One night, i'm sorry not regular werewolf which we just bought but <laughs> haven't played it yet uh yeah by the way in a few moments i want to find out exactly what your hole was from the con but so like now, because you said you've been playing like uh, like the designer games for about like a year and a half, like you and Mike got in with Werewolf and all that. So like with all the one night games, would you say like you know between like was it like uh, there's Werewolf, Daybreak, Vampire, and um, Alien, and Alien, right? So like the first three, relatively close in how they played, right? Um, like did Vampire bring major changes or Vampire? Yeah, changes. It wasn't my favorite. I know it wasn't Mike's favorite either. Um, it it added this weird, you have to change the tokens and you're changing cards. It got very confusing. I think if we played it a few more times, maybe we'd get it, but it didn't feel like the werewolf game. Alien feels more like the werewolf game, but with the twist. The the problem with vampires is, is- so playing werewolf you have a card that you have to keep track of and you want to figure out okay did my card move someone move it whatever but dealing with vampire there's less movement and 
the fact that the marks are now added, it's like, okay, well, I have to keep track of my mark. And there's now a, there's the night phase and there's the dusk phase. Uh. So there's the dusk where the vampires happen and they do some stuff and marks can be changed. Then you wake up and look at your mark and you could either be in love from Cupid, you could be turned into a vampire, the priest could have changed your mark to clarify you so that you're no longer a vampire or no longer in love. There's just too much going on yeah. that it becomes, it, it turns into ultimate werewolf. So, so if you don't have the right mix of cards, it just becomes unfun. Where Alien added a new mechanic that doesn't that just adds a little bit more randomness to it. It doesn't it doesn't like bog you down with a lot of stuff. So would you say like the alien is basically enjoyable chaos? Yes. yes. Nice. Exactly. And and some of the characters switch up win conditions based on specific things. So if you can determine what's if you can determine what people are kind of going for you have a little bit better of an idea whereas vampire feels very yeah the best part of vampire vampire is the copycat that i play in everything because it's yeah. the doppelganger except not on steroids yeah <laughs> yeah it's like that's one thing with that series it's like uh you know when the first one came out i was like all right that's cool and then the next one and then the next one and then and i was like you know i'm worried that eventually it's just gonna black hole itself where it's like there's just so much to it that people just stop caring about it. You know, it's like... Because Smash Up kind of... I don't know if, like, Smash Up kind of hit the exact same, exact same wall, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, here's this game and eight different expansions. Like, you know, do you feel like picking up all of it? Because if you picked up every one of those one nights, like, at a local store, you would end up dropping 100 bucks. Yeah. You know, which, like, some people like, man, for $100, like, I can go get one of those, like, new cool Kickstarters with metal coins and miniatures and, you know, stuff like that. But it, it's really good to see that, you know, they're throwing in totally new ideas and mixing it up. Yeah. You know. They definitely put in new things, which is nice. Um, and I do give them a lot of credit with the vampire. It just, it got a little too big. Clearly, they, they, they saw the reception of vampire and were like you know what this didn't work that well let's make something that works and aliens far better that's that's pretty opinion. awesome though and uh so now i know you mentioned earlier uh that you were a little sad that you weren't able to pick up where words at uh the con but one of everyone's uh favorite parts is the hall people love showing pictures online my gen con hall my origins hall it's like look at it it's bigger than my living room and i'm always like <laughs> How? How can you possibly have stored this many games in a van or whatever? Uh, so, like, how for your first time at a board game con, how did you guys do, like, on your haul? Like, what are like what did you guys pick up? Or, like, did you guys go buck wild? Did you, did you do that? Oh, we only went 400 over our budget. That's not bad. Like... <laughs> um, I didn't do... We didn't do too crazy. Oh, I didn't go too crazy. Um, I don't believe he did either, but... I got um, two games at the dealer room, and then at the auction, I won one game. Nice. So, I picked, no too crazy. Yeah, I picked up Ultimate Werewolf, and uh, I got one at Ultimate Alien for a dollar, um, which was fantastic. And uh, I got uh, a dice box at the auction. Where was that? For uh, charity. Where was that room that you get for a dollar? Because I wanted to buy it from there. Um, it's when it's when you win dealer credit. Oh, that's also, right. Yes. 
By the way, Mike, how did you win that dealer credit? Um, well, let's see. Um, you and me competed in a video game competition based off of Cutthroat Kitchen, and um, that's right, we won. Damn right, we, we did. We both won twenty three dollars of dealer credit, plus the extra dollar I had. The game cost me a dollar. That that was uh, a really fun thing. My favorite thing was during the tournament. Smash Brothers was one of the games. And everyone's getting all doped up and everything else. And I just casually lean over to Mike and I go, I need to know what every button does right now. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> we didn't have to win. We had to not lose. Yes. <laughs> that was the important thing. And, and, and we did. And like Mike always says, my goal is to not come in last place. So when you set that as a goal, you do fine. It, yeah. it's, it, that's, that's my goal with every board game if I've never played it before. Terraforming Mars? All right, look, I just don't want to lose. Oh, wait. I won. There you go. Yeah, that was amazing. You went from yeah. not wanting to come in last to getting first. That's always pretty impressive. I, I think I beat George by a point. That's not bad. That's all it takes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you only need one. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, and what would you pick up, Julie? Potion Explosion, Affliction, Salem, 1692, and what was the other one? Oh, uh, that's right. You got Cranium for like seven bucks. So good. The option, I got Cranium for seven dollars. Yeah, that that's one other thing I'll say. If you can get to any like these cons where there's like those board game auctions, it is always fun. Like uh, people that put them up for MSRP. Yeah, well that yeah that's one of my favorites. It's like oh uh, you know uh, suburbia. Uh, we're gonna start the bidding at forty dollars. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? It's like I can get it shipped to my house for thirty seven right now. What are you, what are you talking about? Um. Yeah, I mean, I I got uh, I actually did fairly decent. I only picked up a few things, like uh, and what was good is I actually got rid of sixteen, because uh, <laughs> like a few months back we did an episode with Kurt about like trying to call your collection, like when it's time to let games go. Mm-hmm. So we were we started doing that, and the fact that we got rid of sixteen and picked up six made me pretty happy. You know, slowly and steadily reclaiming some house space. Yes, <laughs> we haven't quite gotten to that point. We're up to forty forty eight. Yeah. Really? I thought you guys broke 50 at the con. No, uh, no we didn't. Uh, surprisingly not. That's right. also counting, like, like Widow's Walk. We're counting as a separate game. Like, the Civ, the Civ board game expansion, we're counting as a separate game for for purposes of the collection. But That's not so bad. We're, 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 we're getting up there. I to get, be fair, uh, if we included, like, an old Monopoly I have, I think Julie has, <laughs> like, the game of life, we could probably... Yeah. We would break 50. But, I might... Yeah. Uh-huh. I might have to get you guys like a copy of like Lost Legacy and Thieves Market just to round it out. <laughs> I actually do have. I have. I have Flying Garden. I have Lost Flying Garden. Nice. Legacy. Yeah. I get. I want to get some other ones. Yeah, it, it is really fun. We actually uh, played that at a local uh, coffee shop the other night. Good game. So, uh, so for first timers of going to the cons, do you guys like? Uh, what would you say is like uh, a little advice you would give to somebody's first time? Um, go to the opening ceremonies. Um, the originally <laughs> I wonder why. Um, <laughs> well, not not because of what I won, just because you kind of you get an idea of what's going on. There's if we hadn't gone to that opening ceremony, we may not have heard about the um, cutthroat kitchen video game thing. Um, and at least at DexCon, they were raffling off gift cards for people to go try local businesses food um and products whatever 
because they know that people are going to get hungry. They know, and they'd rather send people to somewhere that's good and promote that business, and they'll be more likely to donate back again to Dexcon. And I liked how the community, like, they brought the whole community into it. That's how I found out about that grilled cheese place that we went to. That's really good. Um, which was delicious. Uh, <laughs> but go to opening ceremonies because you'll find out a lot about what's going on. Nice. I, I know one of the coffee shops around there was, uh, like, I had the tag on when I went in. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, how's the convention so far? Like, because they said, like, business has been nuts that whole weekend. Exactly. So. It's good for them. It's good for Dexcon. It's good for the people who are at Dexcon. Yeah, it's like, um, the one other thing, uh, that I always love about these things too, though, is, you know, like, um, cause one of the things that we always like to do on, on the show is we like to talk about games that are a little bit older, something that like may have fallen by the wayside, but actually deserves your attention a lot more than like the new hotness and everything. Mm. And one thing I love about these cons is like, you know, if you really like, you know, if you still haven't gotten to play terraforming Mars, it's going to be there. Or if, you know, uh, you haven't gotten to play, like, whatever game just came out, like, you know, like, two months ago or something. Like, I'm sure once Rising Sun comes out, that was another one of those Kickstarters that hit, like, $5 million. So, yeah. Cool Mini or Not is just like, uh, you know what? My house is dirty. I want to buy a new one. Give us a million. You know, it's like, they're like, <laughs> they're like Montgomery Burns rich. But, um... <laughs> but it's like, you know... Like, when that game comes out, you know that's going to be at the cons and everyone's going to be going buck wild for it. But it's also pretty cool to check out, like, just seeing all these games on the table where you're like, oh, what's that? And they're like, oh, yeah, you want to grab a chair? Come on in, jump in. Or like, oh, and and, or somebody will just start explaining it to you, Mm -hmm. you know? And that was really cool because um, what what was that game that we played on the uh, the first day with uh, our buddy Mark? The uh, Uh... Teresa... Oh, uh, um, Toria. Toria. Yeah, that was fun. That was, that game was really fun. I do eventually want to pick that up. Yeah. I think you would like it a lot, Julie. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's the best thing about these two. Pretty much any game I mention, they're like, sure, we'll play it. Um, Yeah, yeah, like, one thing that was great is because, like, uh, you know, as soon as I saw it, I was like, Clemens Franz did the art for this game because I can just tell by that dude on the tower. And then this girl just started telling us, you know, she's like, oh yeah, you know, you can do this, you can do that. And we thought she was one of the demo people and we're like, oh, how, you know, like how long has it been out? And she's like, oh, I have no idea. I just sat here five minutes ago. That's everything the guy taught me so far. Yeah. And then like, (laughs) and then he came back over and taught all four of us how to play. And did you win? Um, Oh no, she won. Yes. Because I opened, (laughs) so this game is pretty cool. And, uh, Basically, the goal is to find a princess behind, like, these nine locked doors. But you got to have all these resources to be able to, like, quest on through the castle. Mm. I opened five of the doors, and then she swept right in after me. And, it was she like, there was only four left to go, and she found her on her second try. It's like, damn <laughs> it. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's just so nice that, like, it, it's a different con, but, like... I, I went to another con and was like walking around the board game area and like I don't, I don't want to like bother people but like I, I, I remember I was walking past this one table and the guy literally goes you what are you playing right now <laughs> nothing he's like have you ever played bang the dice game no sit down you're playing bang the dice game I'm like 
okay. You're like, just don't okay. hit me, and, sir. And I had a, I had a blast. I watched um, another guy. Uh, I was literally sat down and watched a group play Cosmic Encounter. And one guy's like, all right, guys, I'm going to go go do something else. Like, nice playing with you. And the guy who was running is like, you want, you want to play? Absolutely, I do. And by that point, I knew most of the rules because I watched them play an entire game and then proceeded to buy it the next week because um, I loved it. It, it, it's it's nice having that like community where it's like yeah come on sit down and play like I, I have no idea who you are but come on play like go for it I had no it, idea that you have Cosmic Encounter you didn't I oh. I do now oh you want to play it uh, yes I do in fact oh, I'm okay. gonna I think I know what your 49th game might be I'll probably just pick up an expansion for you to mix into those cards because uh, I was thinking about picking it up recently. <laughs> I don't even think it, like, needs an expansion. Like, I, I haven't played it enough where I need an expansion. The Well, one of the other small reasons to pick up expansions is to bring up the player counts, because every new expansion True. comes with a new player count of ships and planets. Fair enough. So I figure that, if we can jump it up to... It is a little limiting. Yeah, I figure if we can jump it up to six, this way we can play with, uh, like, Stevie and his crew. Yeah. True. Good point. Yeah, because uh, that is definitely a six-player group a lot of times. So, <laughs> I was actually just listening to the Long View talk about that game today, which is another awesome podcast that people should check out. Um, but yeah, it's like that's the thing. It's um, and it's it's also the thing that's kind of funny too is uh, the last time we were at uh, PAX East, it was so weird because like uh, me and Kim go to that like every other year, you know, to like not make it as brutal on the wallet, and uh. The first time we went, it was amazing. Everyone was, like, warm, inviting. It was really good. It was really friendly. And it was almost like a 24-hour cycle there, too. Like, people were just, like, camping out in hallways and playing, like, card games, like, even outside and all the hotel lobbies and everything. Then, uh, you know, a couple years later, it starts closing up now. Like, it started closing up around, like, 12 or 1 in the morning. And, like, you know, people weren't, like, camping out in the hallways anymore. And we're like, oh, well, you know, it's a security thing. I get it. Then, like, the last time, it was, like, things were closing up earlier, like, around 11 o'clock. They were like, oh, the room's closing within an hour. Everyone must be done by then. Uh, vendors seemed to close up a bit earlier. Like, they weren't, like, doing the all-night thing like they were in years in the past. And then uh, the one thing that was great was we saw a table, and they were playing uh, Burgle Brothers, which is a really cool, really stylized game, and I never got to play it before. And... You know, like, I was like, oh, man, like, I'm really curious about this because I wanted to try to pick it up because it was another one of those things, like, you know, you couldn't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I go up to the table and I'm like, oh, is that Burgo Brothers? And this guy's just like, uh, yeah. I'm like, okay, uh, d- did you get it here? No. I'm like, okay, uh, guess I'll talk to you later. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, you know, just like hostile about my inquiry about his game. I was like, Gee, like, I don't know if you thought I was going to try, try to like, yunk it from him in the parking lot or something, but it was like such a hostile response for just somebody inquiring. Right. It's such, it's such a contrast to like a small intimate con, like, like Dexcon where it's like, there, there's not as many people, but I, I didn't meet anyone there. It was rude pretty much. Yeah, it was, like, cause, um, like I said, the last packs. I mean, it could have just been a fluke or something, or maybe there was a gas leak, I don't know. But it's, like, so many tables. Like, the years before, people used to have signs up, like, oh, we're playing Puerto Rico, we need two more. Or Lords of Waterdeep, three seats open, or whatever. There was no signs of anything this year. Like, we just didn't see anything the last time we went. And we're like, damn, like, you know, is it just, like, a little different now? Or... But, you know, meanwhile, like, at a local con, like, and the other thing, too, is what's great is, 
you're bumping into a lot of the same people every time because people that love Dexcon will keep going to Dexcon or like D4Con or any of your local cons. It's definitely something to look into. And like you can always try meetup groups, uh, like local Facebook things, like put in board games and then your town. And it's a good place to find out, you know, like where like there's like little local things going on. Like you don't always have to gun for like just the one in Indianapolis or just the one in Boston or whatever like that. Yeah, I have a group that plays in uh, in Jersey City that they play on like the first Saturday of every month. And at this point, they have um, I, I've only I've only been to it once, but they they made like they took like a cardboard box, covered it in like blue wrapping paper, and then put like the Facebook group and like the title of it and everything on it, just so that people walking by are like, "What the hell are they doing?" They're like, "Oh, okay, it's like it's like a, a board game group, cool." And you know, most of them walk up and like. You know, oh, you guys play like Monopoly? It's like, oh, we're playing Ticket to Ride, and what was the other? I think it was like Arkham Horror was on the other table. And they're like, we've never heard of this. And apparently, they actually get people that like come in and like just sit down. They were there to like have a beer, and they just sit down and play, which is super, super awesome that, that you can do that. Definitely. Yeah. We... Going to one of these days. <laughs> We actually, uh, we actually had a board game event like at a local Barnes and Noble. They started doing it once a month around us, which is pretty cool. Oh, I really wish ours would do that. Yeah, it's um, because they they started doing stuff on International Tabletop Day, but they had such a success that now they're doing it once a month. I think it's also in part because the local gaming store closed, so the scene like people are just desperate for a local area, but uh. But yeah, that was pretty sweet too. It was like you know a really nice, enjoyable thing. Yeah. Um, I, I was gonna say I also had a. Um, I, I showed up. I forget which morning it was for Alhambra, which is another game. It's like I've heard of this before. I've never played it. Apparently, it's a classic. And uh, show up. Supposed to be two tables. Sit down with this like random group. I think it was like a guy, his brother, his son, and like his son's girlfriend, and. Uh, we waited like 15 minutes the gm didn't show up and they're like hey you want to play this game with us so they they invited me to play uh i believe it was conspiracy kind of like a almost like a gin rummy kind of game like that rummy cube gin rummy kind of game and that that's great i i had something to play for like two hours and i sat and played with them and said goodbye and hopefully i'll see them next year kind of thing yeah um one of the nice things that was also at dexcon was even if you didn't have one of those like out sheets that they gave you pre-registered everything was on the wall every event that you could sign up for was up there big enough for everybody to see big enough to actually write your name in a decent font mm-hmm. um you know where you can read it instead of getting a magnifying glass mm-hmm. it was really well organized um from that point of view yeah, I like that. It was like 88 feet of events. <laughs> I look forward to trying to GM something hopefully next year. Maybe for Dreamation if I can make it. Yeah, that would definitely be uh, something fun to do. I was uh, I was actually talking to Kurt about trying to do a like uh, gaming with MFG cast day where we would see if we can just run events all day long. You know, and just kind of like switch out who's running the table, so this way, uh, like you know, we can break for like lunch and things like that. See if we can get like mm. two more people to help out. So maybe we'll try to yeah. sucker you two into it. I mean, talk you guys into it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <man. laughs> okay, well, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I still say we have to try to get that Mage Wars table going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Yeah. Hey, guys, do you like magic? Yeah. Do you like card combat? Yeah. Do you have six hours? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Too late. You're already in. <laughs> Sit down. Join us. Do you really want to take the chance that this gun's not loaded? Sit down. <laughs> Mage Wars is fun. Just takes a long time. Yeah, that's that's one of the things Kurt loves hassling me about. He's like, "God damn it, that game again!" <laughs> <laughs> like Civ, it's an all day game. Yeah, it's a af- it's an entire afternoon. Unless you get like waxed in the first four rounds, like you know, <laughs> some somebody drops a ballista and hits you with double fireball, eh, the game might be over pretty quick. So. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the the one thing yeah. I, I do, uh, I you know, I've been singing like uh, so much praise to like the local con thing for like almost you know the last forty minutes here. But the one thing that also is pretty good about it is since it's a local con, most people are usually coming in within like an hour or two. You know, it's not it's not like the origins experience where it's like oh every podcast on earth is going to be there and there's like board game celebrities and stuff like that. This is like local celebrities. Like I actually met some people from Jersey who are designers and publishers. Um, Stephen Bonacore of Stronghold is usually at DexCon, but it happened to line up to be the same weekend as um, Dice Tower Con, so that was a bigger priority for him. But the thing that's also really cool is you get to meet a lot of local gamers who are, you know, in turn, if that place is only an hour from you and they're an hour from it. You might only be 20 minutes away, or worst case scenario, you have a meeting place that's within an hour of each of you. So we actually, like, you know, met a whole bunch of people and, you know, already made plans to get together to go gaming with them, like, got Mm -hmm. together gaming with a couple of guys already. It was, like, really cool to, like, you know, widen our circle of, you know, who plays what and meeting new gamers, new styles, you know. Like, you might always know when uh, your buddy is lying in deception. Like, you're the murderer! Um, no, I'm not. Like, I'm totally not. You know, and now it's just like, but then you're playing against someone else and they're like a criminal mastermind and you never know when they're on your team or not. Like, stuff like that's pretty cool, you know? And I'm pretty sure all three of us ran into people that we had, like, hadn't seen in a couple years. Yeah. Just, like, I ran into a a friend from college. Uh, I know Julie ran into a friend from high school. And I think you ran into a a guy from from the island, I think you said. Yeah. Uh, I'm Israel. I haven't seen him in, like, three years. But it was yeah. it was really good catching up again too. Running running into old friends, making new friends, it's, it's nice. And while playing amazing games, which is even better, yeah. <laughs> makes it all the better. A nice thing about DexCon too is, um, aside from the board games, if you wanted to try LARPing, if you wanted to try role play games like D anD D, if you haven't done that before, they had those things available to you, as well as um like the X-Wing and the Warhammer stuff. They oh, had, that's the one thing I wanted to do I didn't get a chance to. They had all of that there, and everybody was very welcoming, and even if you have, like, some sort of a disability, that was one of the things that we found out about opening ceremonies. Yeah. They have a coordinator so that if you have a disability, you want to try LARPing, she's going to get you into that LARP. Doesn't matter what your disability is, she's going to make sure that you can play which I thought was really cool um, and it's really nice to have a very inclusive community like that and make it so that everybody's comfortable and can try whatever they want to try. 
Yeah, and it's like, I, I will say this, like, the amount of, like, inclusion in that uh, gaming group for Dexcon was, like, the most expansive, like, I've ever seen, you know? It's like, um, like, one line from a buddy that I was just cracking up about is, like, uh, he's like, there's, like, a half-naked black elven chick with blue eyes, and I think she has something on fire with her. And nobody's batting an eye as she's just sitting there eating French fries, you know. It's like, and he's like, you know, like, you know, like nobody's like harassing her or bugging out about it. He was like, it's just like, hey, you know, she's probably one of the larpers or demoing something that's awesome, and that was it. It was like really nice, just you know, like, you know, like two dudes in wrestling t-shirts were as you know equally noticed or unnoticed as you know like the most extravagant uh, cosplays you've ever seen. It was just like, everything was like, hey, we're all here for the same thing. Let's, you know, let's just make it nice. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 10 out of 10 would go again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so, uh, so I take it you guys are already uh, scheduling to order your Dreamation tickets? I'm yep. hoping to make Dexcon definitely. Dreamation, hopefully. Um, just because it's it's... I think it's in February, right? So it's like right after Christmas. So it's gonna depend on where where funds are at that point. But yeah, it's in I'm gonna, February. I'm gonna try my damnedest. Well, but, uh, I, Ju Julie doesn't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the one thing I will say is this. Um, you know, while uh, you might be worried about how much you're gonna drop at a lot of these cons, this thing for four days was I think like seventy bucks for uh, pre registration. Pre registration. Yeah. That's, yeah. On, like, the buffet at opening ceremonies, it was another like $35 if you wanted to, but it wasn't required. Um, and there were other events and add ons that you could do, but it was 65 for the pre registration as like the base. Yeah. And then every game registration is a free sign up thing. Yes. You know, it's, and sign up, sign up for everything. Like anything you want to play, you can drop out. It's fine. Like, yeah. I feel like I should have signed up for more things and just not gone to some of them. Yeah, it's like, um, and the best thing is, everything was close enough that if you had to drop from one game for another, you can just go up to that table and be like, yeah, I'm in for the 4 o'clock, my badge is like, you know, like 185, I'm not going to be able to make it. And then they just pop one of the alternates in. Right. You know, that's the other thing too, no like problem. the list of alternates for some of those games. I remember Terraforming Mars, uh, I had a list of like 11 alternates in case any of the original 15 people couldn't make it. People really like that game. <laughs> it's really good. I would like to play it sometime in the next month if I can. Yeah, well, what's good is, I mean, that game has been out for almost a year, and uh, it's still lasting. That's one of those nice marks of a game. Like, you know, any game can be awesome for a month, but when it, it keeps going on and on, like, I think Terraforming Mars might hit that same, like, status as Puerto Rico and some of these other games where it's, three years, four years from now, you're still going to be seeing it played at cons. It's going to be a classic. Yeah. It's an instant classic. So, you know, once again, Stronghold Games. If only Bonacore could have been there. <laughs> it's like, have him sign my copy. He's like, I didn't design this or anything. I'm like, yeah, but you own the company. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> just, just take the pen <laughs> Who was the guy you did meet? Uh, we met, we met uh, Dr. Finn, uh, and we also right. have... And uh, an interview with him on an upcoming episode. He is an awesome local designer. Uh, he did Biblios, Herbaceous, uh, Love to Meet Shrimp, um, 
the Institute of Magical Arts, COG, one of our favorite new games, the uh, the steampunk Scrabble worker placement game, which, yeah, it sounds nuts and it's awesome and it is. <laughs> those, thing, those things combine? Yeah, and <laughs> shockingly well. All right, I'm in. <laughs> I mean, we tried wear words and that sounded crazy when we got when it was explained so you know fair <laughs> I, I just love uh my favorite thing with wear words though is that the werewolf is like can't let him say applesauce gotta kill him if he says applesauce it's like <laughs> very very werewolf thing to do <laughs> <laughs> so alright so we're gonna wrap this one up so all in all uh are you guys looking forward to more of your local cons absolutely yeah. So uh, and and hopefully maybe in the near future we can also try to schedule one of the major cons and we'll see how that uh, compares. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mike is just in the floor crying, going, "There's so many people and I can't play the thing I want to play." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more of like a wait. How far away is the hotel from Gen Con? <laughs> yeah, it's two hours. <laughs> uh, I'm. Uh, I think I'm just going to go to Gen Con and become an Uber driver for four days and just see how much I can rack up. <laughs> oh my god, you'd, you'd make so much money. <laughs> either that or... What's that? The other company is Lyft. Yeah. I was going to say either that or somebody sees my copy of Terraforming Mars and it just chokes me out with my own seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, with the broken token insert? Yeah, you have to die now. <laughs> yes, you have the nice version. <laughs> text your wife goodbye it's your last day on earth <laughs> that's a sad con <laughs> alright I want to thank you guys for uh, joining me so so here's one thing that's pretty funny we always normally have plugs but very rarely do we just have other gamers on so usually <laughs> do you guys have anything to plug any websites bands projects in the future books you published anything no not yet <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe so See, that's how you know these are authentic people. When they don't have plugs, they're just regular humans. <laughs> well, now that you mention it. Are you, are you running a Kickstarter for you to go to Gen Con? Is that the plan? Me. No. <laughs> that's corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Mike is like, quick, how long does it take to register for a Kickstarter? <laughs> oh my god. Alright guys, I want to thank you again for helping uh, carry the burden of Kurt's absence. No problem. Uh, Anytime. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and like I said, the next episode, we will have our interview with Dr. Finn and more, and we look forward to talking to you guys then. And so then, have fun gaming, everyone. Good night. Bye. Night.